It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. It is that time again for Smart Money Questions. As I'm recording this, it is hard to believe Thanksgiving is upon us. You know, one of the things, Maggie and I were walking through Costco. This is like two weeks ago, so this is like the first of November. And the first displays as we were coming in, they already had Christmas trees up. And I'm, I pointed over to Maggie, and I'm like, we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. There was a gentleman behind me that kind of laughed and, and agreed with what I had to say. But yes, it is that time. Thanksgiving is almost here. Hope you guys have a great time. I love this holiday. Always a four-day weekend. Great time to spend as much time as possible with uh, friends and family. Watch a lot of sports. Be thankful for where we are at this particular time. Today, you guys know I always like to use uh, a lot of the questions and scenarios that happen in the office on this podcast. And today, I thought it was interesting because I was talking with a buddy of mine over the weekend who happens to be a commercial banker, does big, big deals. You know, a small deal for him might be a $10 million deal. Other than that, he's in the, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 million dollar range. Pretty big companies all up and down the East Coast, actually some of them out West as well. But one of the things when I was talking to him about his team and how they go through the process of dissecting a deal to see if it's doable. He talked about all the different financials he needs from the company and what the intention is and and those type of things. But then he says, we go back, him and his team, and they take the deal all the way down to the studs, as he said. And the reason that he does that is because I have to know the questions that I have to get answered to then be able to see if I can structure a deal that's doable for us, the bank, and them, the client. And it really got me thinking about a question that I get a lot of times that I think sometimes people just think there's an off-the-cuff answer, and there's not. And the question has to do with risk. How much risk should I have in my portfolio? And I know that I need to be aware of the risks in my investments, my portfolio, my overall portfolio, not, not just maybe some stocks and bonds you have, but in the overall. We have clients that have invested in numerous different of asset classes and different types of assets. And when you think about what Chris is talking about, what I want to talk about today is taking yourself, taking your deals down to the stud so you know the questions that have to get answered, especially when it looks at what is your money doing for you? Where are you putting it? And is it, are you, or I should say, are you getting out of that what you were expecting? And if we haven't gone through the process to really ask all of those questions, then I can't just tell someone, oh, you know, I was talking to a gentleman the other day. Actually, he was a couple years younger than me. And I, I was just explaining, hey, listen, I just want to tell you where I am and where I invest and how Maggie and I invest our investable assets. And, you know, we're taking on a good amount of risk, heavy into uh, really the stock market overall in all different asset classes, international and domestic. In talking with him, I could tell that he didn't have that same 
riskiness or being willing to take risk and recognize that sometimes in the short term, you can encounter losses. But if we are, if we really understand how we're investing, depending on what type of asset class it is, we should be able to see an escalation in value over the time. So before we jump into this, let's go ahead and make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So let a lot of times, um, let me jump back in, go ahead and let you know what I'm going to talk about today. Because again, this is a question that I get all of the time and it has to do with Sometimes people will come in and they'll say, listen, I know that I should be aware of the risk in my investments, but as I get closer to retirement or maybe even in retirement, should I remove or take a lot of that risk off the table? Or another one, as I mentioned earlier, a gentleman a little bit younger than I, I was talking to him about, and he was asking, how much risk do you think I should have? He was asking for my opinion. And that's why what I was telling him was, well, I'm a couple years older than you, and this is what I am doing. Now, the other thing I told him was, listen, I do this all day, every day, and I'm comfortable with how we're invested, how we're diversified, and the ups and most importantly, the downs that are going to happen in our overall investable portfolio. Now, I know I don't need that money for 15 years. You know, and that's what I said to him. But in talking with him, and he finally agreed, I said, listen, the way that you're talking right now is that even though you don't have a need for this money, you're longer away from retirement than I am in needing those, those assets, those funds. But I can tell that your emotional grip on that money and that value and seeing it fall, I'm not sure that when, you, when we consider investor behavior or um, behavioral finance, one of the biggest things we have to think about is also our emotion and how much we can tolerate seeing the values go down. Because many times, if we're using an emotion to control how we invest, how much risk we take, and when we see those values go down, many times what happens is we make an emotional decision that is a result in loss. In some cases, we can't even recover from that. I think about um, people that I had met with back in uh, late 2009, 2010, 2011, some even into 2012, that had made emotional decisions during late 07, most of all 08, 
and of course the beginning part of 09, and it had created such a fear in them. Some of them had never even jumped back into the market. They haven't even hadn't even put their their assets back in the positions that they were in before because of what happened during that 20-month period of time. So it's real important for you to understand your emotional connection to how you're investing. And then if we think about what Chris talks about, and that is I'm going to make sure that I, what risk am I taking? What can I expect? I'll give you an example. I have a client, a lot of times people will Late at night, I don't know if you guys remember this, Carlton Sheets used to be on there and tell you how you could use somebody else's money and make a million dollars in real estate. And my client has been in real estate for 35 years. And he talks about when he is looking at a property, one of two things first he looks at. First of all, am I going to flip it or am I going to keep it? If I'm going to keep it, how long am I going to keep it? Because that is going to give him two different directions on, quote, taking it down to the studs. If I'm going to flip it, that's a totally different model and process than if I'm going to hold it. And then depending on how long I'm going to hold it, all different things that you have to find out about there. When you're looking at, for instance, the younger clients we have, that when you're looking at your 401k and how you're investing in the 401k is hopefully, by the way, your 401k has good investment options because we know that those can be reduced in terms of what you can invest in. But understand, how am I going to invest? What options do I have? And then how am I going to put it together? Now, I know that for compliance purposes, I have to say, we can't look at history as an indication of future success. Past results don't matter. And the reality is, when we, when we look and think at the market, the market in, sometimes is contradictory with different things. For instance, inflation right now. You can look at what's the market going to do with inflation. Well, if we look back at history, there's a contradiction. Some companies do good. Some companies don't. Some have the ability to raise their prices and pass it through, and it actually doesn't affect them, doesn't affect their bottom line. Others, they may, maybe they can't move that quickly, so they can be affected. You know, But when you're looking at your risk, especially for those that are nearing retirement or in retirement, the questions that I would have you be asking And this is a process that you have to go through. And that is, you know, when am I going to retire? What is my income need going to be? What sources of income will I have? For instance, Social Security. Am I going to have a pension? The gentleman that I was talking to that uh, is a couple years younger than me is going to have a real healthy pension. He's going to have health benefits early, meaning pre-65. He's looking to retire at 60. So, you know, from that aspect, he's got to have good guaranteed income. That's even before Social Security kicks in. Now he's got to be thinking, do I take Social Security early? Am I still going to look to work? What have you. That can reduce the income need that he's going to need on his investments. The other thing is, is looking at how much of my money that I'm going to invest and how much risk am I willing to take for monies that I'm going to need on an ongoing basis. So many times I can't tell you, I'll be sitting down with someone, let's say that they're, um, they're 90 days, six months, a year from retirement, and they start realizing, wait a second, retirement's going to look different. Why? Because I don't get a paycheck. I get paid once a month, whether that's a pension payment, whether that's Social Security, whether that's investment income, whether that's rental income, it doesn't matter. Everything, instead of being every other week or twice a month that I've been used to for my entire working career, now it's different. And how does that work? How can I, many times I'll get the question, how do I start getting money out of my accounts? What does that look like? How do I take care of the taxes? 
Those are things you need to be thinking about, especially when you're thinking about how you're going to invest the money. You know, if I have a really big need on taking money from my overall investment portfolio, then maybe that is a situation that I need to be reducing the overall risk of that because, you know, with risk, there can be short-term devaluations. We can look last year, you know, the end of the first quarter, most of the second quarter, you know, with the pandemic hitting, what, what happened to the market? What happened to the value? It was a drastic drop down. Well, that can be, you know, if I haven't positioned my money correctly, for instance, if it's me and Maggie and all of my investments are invested in equities or stocks and the market takes a hit, but I still got to keep uh, taking money out, what's that done? I've actually recognized losses because of a distribution need. So again, going through the process of, I love what Chris said, taking it down to the studs so we can know the questions to ask to know if it's a doable deal. In his case, a doable deal for not only the bank, but for his client. For you, in this case, is it a doable deal? Because another question I get all the time, how much money am I going to need in retirement? Well, there's so many variables there, right? If it's the person, the, the gentleman I was just talking about, healthy pension, healthy Social Security, when he elects it, whether it's early or full retirement age of 67, and then the monies that he has or will have available in his uh, 401k, other investable assets that he has, you know, there's not going to be a big need to draw that down on an ongoing basis. So it's those things that you really have to look at. And then going back to the risk factor, where am I placing my money and how much risk am I taking? And for that risk, what can I expect in the long term? Um, because one of the things, we can't just stick money under the mattress or bury it out back or, or right now give it to the bank, right? Why? Inflation is finally a word that everyone is talking about right now. You know, we have what Social Security, uh, what the COLA increase is going to be this year, where they're talking about, we haven't seen, quote, overall inflation numbers like this for over 30 years. You know, now in some cases, they talk about the individual inflationary rates, for instance, with gas. You know, gas is ridiculous. <laughs> I just paid 90 cents a gallon more today than I did uh, about 120 days ago. That's like unbelievable. And we look at where, where gas is now, food, those type of things. Inflation, I used to always talk to clients about over the course of the last 10 to 15 years, and it was a, it was a non-issue. Why? Because inflation was so low. But the reality is, even back then, if inflation is at a pace of 25 to 3%, which is where it's pretty much been for the last 20 years, you know, we still have to factor that in, and that's why we can't just stick it in the bank, which is paying us what now? 1% if we're lucky? Really, if we're lucky, maybe one and a half. So those are the questions that I would tell you. I would have you be thinking about your overall financial situation, how you want to invest your money, what your cash flow looks like, you know, depending on where you are from retirement. I, I was talking with someone in my office the other day, and she brought up a really good point. She's 10 years away from retirement. And she goes, is it too soon for me to start looking at this because I'm feeling like maybe I'm behind the eight ball? And I said, well, I would tell you it's always a good time to start looking, whether it's you know, two years away or 20 years away. But the fact that you're in here and you're asking those questions and you're looking to do the planning, you know, hats off to you. 
Because you're going to, as you go through, first of all, more than likely over the course of the next 10 years, things are going to change in her life that can change where she needs to be on her outcome. So I would tell you, going back to the original thing that I was talking about, and I get asked this all the time, how much risk should I take? Where should I be investing? Is you have to, first of all, look at your emotions around your money. Most importantly, the loss. The other thing is when you're looking at the aspect of a loss in your investments, whatever that is, don't look at percentages. Look at dollars. I had someone in the other day that um, we were talking about last year. We were talking about the end of March, end of April. And he said, when I looked at the percentage of how much I was down, the percentage, and I compared that to the actual dollar amount of lost value, the lost value dramatically shook me. But if I would have just seen the percentage, I don't know that it would have bothered me. But when I actually saw the dollar value, that's the most important thing that you have to look at with how much risk are you willing to take is when that dollar value sinks and goes south, you know, how are you going to respond? And then, of course, as you get closer to retirement and the risk factor, I will say this. A lot of times people, unless they have those healthy pensions and you know, Social Security compared to their income need, their expense need, uh, many times people do, their, because the paycheck isn't coming in anymore, they do have a tendency to become more conservative. You want to take that into consideration if that's going to be you the closer you get to that point. We also, we do have to factor in inflation. So that's where the planning part and what I've talked about in the past, how you position your money is extremely important from a risk standpoint. So um, listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I hope it's been helpful. Do yourself a favor. Do what Chris talks about. Take your deal down to the studs to see, no pun intended, the smart money questions to ask and most importantly, get answered to help you put together an overall investment strategy and plan for you. If you have questions or you would like for us to assist in any part of that, reach out to us, www.speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. That's my online calendar. You can schedule there or you can always just pick the phone up and give us a call, 610-719-3003. Listen, everyone, that's all I've got. Everybody, take care. We'll talk soon. 